Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are talking about the first three chapters of the book of Revelation and the seven letters to the seven churches. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Adrian Smith. I'm Doug DeGraffenreed. Join us as we go deeper. All right, well, this week, the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. Yes. It's got some really interesting things written in it, doesn't it? It does. And there's some interesting commentary on the seven churches that you tell me, Doug, are these? Oh. He, he loves it when I do that. Uh, there he goes. <laughs> I, I like asking that. That comes with okay, the job. Okay, so which churches are they? You can, yeah, you can say these are <laughs> l- literal congregations that become types mm-hmm. uh, as Revelation moves out into history. And um, some of the concerns, let's say it that way, Jesus expresses to the church are still uh, true in the church today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as we study the book of the Revelation, um, my experience of it has been we breeze through these churches rather quickly yeah. because we want to get to the good stuff. We want to get to the calendars, the dates, the the plagues, the trumpets, the bowls, and all that other things. But, but man, I, I think this is instructive. Yeah, these first three chapters, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, we need to we hear that. If we don't listen to what's written here and look at why it's being written and why it's important for these words to be sent to these seven churches if they were in fact seven real churches no there were seven yeah. real churches oh, yeah. yeah absolutely um, but <clears throat> they don't apply just to these I no in our own individual no. lives we can look at well I think you could change the name to any one of these churches mm-hmm. to your church absolutely and that is still going on today mm-hmm. at yeah. every one of these churches so to me that makes it more personal mm-hmm. and makes you read it a little different yeah They've got good points, bad points. I'm sure there are notes people take and write little marks out. Well, church at Ephesus, I don't know. That might be a plus church or minus church or a question mark church. So (laughs) they're all rated differently depending on what their challenges are. Mm -hmm. Um, Ephesus starts out pretty good. They're patient Mm -hmm. and they have endurance. Endurance is a wonderful Greek word pictures a soldier at the very apex of the battle Mm -hmm. refusing to back up the soldier just going to stand there and stand his ground or her ground and fight the battle Mm, Um, you cannot tolerate evildoers you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not have found them to be false also know that you're enduring patiently that's more endurance Mm -hmm. and bearing up for the sake of my name and you've not grown weary. And this is the formula that's used. There's something good, and then the words, but. Mm-hmm. I have this against you. You've abandoned the love you had at the first. Remember then from what from what you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And again, you're doing something 
good, you hate the words of the Nicolaitans, mm-hmm. which who, I also hate. Who are the Nicolaitans? They probably were, a, <clears throat> what was going on is Gnostic groups were popping up. Okay. Um, and without boring our, our podcast audience about Greek <clears throat> dualism, they taught that the flesh is evil and the spirit is good. And because the flesh is evil and the spirit is good, you're spiritually related to Jesus. Therefore, your body can pretty much go ahead and do what it wants to do. Okay. It created um, something known as antinomianism. And that would be... They didn't follow the law. Heresy? It is heresy. <laughs> and that's but, still going on today. Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, get, get me. <laughs> this... Uh, disclaimer real quick this episode has a lot of possibility to get anybody that's sitting in this room right now in big trouble (laughs) our modern Gnosticism is that we are Christians on Sunday and Mm -hmm. we're whatever we want to be on um, Monday through Saturday yeah and it's become a part of culture it's sadly become a little part of church culture and we fight against it because Christ called us to walk with him daily Mm mm-hmm and uh, I'm appreciative of people who spend time in the Word daily, but more spend time living for Christ every day. Yeah. The, the one thing I think is pertinent in, in Ephesus, but I had this against you, you abandoned the love you had at first. And I think married, couple, married couples can relate to that, abandoning the love you have at first. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sometimes may not be walking away from a... Um, a passionate first love, but you grow accustomed to each other. And in marriages, there are times when you take each other for granted. Then there are times when you're in that mode where you're renewing your your commitment and your vows to each other. So, you know, do you remember what it was like when you first came to faith in Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. You couldn't get enough of Jesus. Yeah. And um, so Ephesus is a, a warning to all of us. It's an interesting church. Well, they're all interesting, but mm-hmm. you know, and you know, we move on to the church in Smyrna, or unless Adrian, if you had some. Oh no, we're good. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for you to. The preacher like, covered that one. Yeah, he good. got it pretty good, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm sorry. I figured that, that this episode in particular would be really interesting to have Doug on, just because of your knowledge and understanding of a lot of the Greek. And, and so, you know, because I think we miss a lot of some of the real context mm-hmm. from from here to be able to, I guess, really look into some of the, the, the deeper meanings. Like I had not understood, we, I understand the word perseverance and mm-hmm. endurance, yeah. you know, like I understand yeah. it, but you mentioned the thing about the soldier that that now going back dimension. up yeah that adds a new dimension to mm-hmm. my understanding of that so i i really appreciate that a lot what are we going to do with the church at smyrna i don't know let's sit smyrna. here and let adrian tell us what we're going to do with the church mm-hmm. at smyrna well he really didn't say anything against them he didn't yeah but it, it almost seems i i was trying to figure this one out myself okay just because it's he's talking about your poverty, but you are rich, and the blasphemy by those who say they're Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. I mean, there's there's some really powerful, strong language here that's said about people on the outside of this church. Mm, yeah, because it said that they were going to suffer persecution and imprisonment. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. So this this one. It's the is, martyr church. Oh, okay. See, I have not read, mm-hmm. and typically I know when you read Revelation, it's probably a good idea to get a study Bible out, but I just straight up read it and have not gotten my study Bible out for it. Well, the church suffered in two realms. The Roman Empire caught on to the church and mm-hmm. started persecuting, but a, a, a more personal persecution is a lot of these churches arose out of the Jewish communities mm-hmm. there and basically started as um, in the fellowship hall of the synagogues. <laughs> and so you would have people that were maybe your family mm-hmm. who were joining the Romans or, or doing whatever in ah. in uh, bringing pressure to bear against you in whatever ways that was done. Sometimes it was financial, sometimes obviously emotional withdrawal or, or breaking of the fellowship of the family. Mm-hmm. This one, um, I won't live to see it, but I think my kids and my grandkids will see when where churches are forced to deal with some hostility that comes from culture and even the government. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I just looking at the way things have progressed over the last 2,000 years, it's, it's inevitable. And there have been, I guess, cycles in history of the, the oppression, but in, in our country, I think almost maybe for too long, we've enjoyed too great of a degree of religious liberty because it makes it too easy. And so maybe that's when you see who the church really is and who actually is going to stand up and even, and and who's going to persevere and who's not going to back down even when everything around you says that you shouldn't. I think it's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, in it's, different ways. Yeah. It, it's really easy, I will say, to look at parallels between lots of different things in the church, Big C, today and any of these churches here. Uh, because you can, you know, if you've been around the church for any length of your life, then you can notice, and you probably dealt with people who were all about doing good stuff, but then they're mm-hmm. only doing it because it makes them look good. Right. And so that's that's addressed in one of these churches. Mm-hmm. And you've got people who are, you know, super holy, but talk bad about other people, you know? And then you've got the people who are the lukewarm, you know, we want to jump straight mm-hmm. to the church at Laodicea, you know? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the one you want to talk about, huh? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's so much here. And I think if we look at the individual churches and look at their butts, mm-hmm. but this I have against you mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll find pockets of that anywhere, like you said earlier. And so it's it's that warning for us to, you know. But churches aren't perfect because they're made up of imperfect people. Mm, This is true. So, (laughs) yeah. uh, We don't like to hear that. Well, but it's true. You know, uh, a former pastor of mine once said that if you find the perfect church, don't join it. 
because as soon as you join it, it won't be perfect anymore. <laughs> you will mess that sucker uh-huh. up. Yep. I think this also has a word for us that um, to the church, you may be tested. Mm-hmm. What is your response to those times of great stress in, in the life of a church? And mm-hmm. again, church life is not all... Um, unicorns and Bible studies. Uh, <laughs> there are some things that go on in church life. Again, it's it's, it's human beings, mm-hmm. and um, I think learning that people are in different places yeah. and learning to be empathetic and, and listening to, to folks with a, a heart for Christ allows us to be encouragers when folks are, are dealing with the... Uh, Folks who attend the synagogue of Satan. I yeah. don't know where that is, but um, I bet all their signs are red. Yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. But I, because that came up multiple times, mm-hmm. I'm curious where that comes from and if you have any insight into what that actually is, if it is just a, basically a group of... It can be veiled and a harbinger of what's coming later on in the mm-hmm. book. With okay. Okay the harlot and Babylon and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I go back to the Hebrew that Satan is not a um, an entity's name. The, the Hebrew word hasatan means the adversary. Right. And so what is the synagogue of the adversary? Yeah. What, what's the modern synagogue where the, the adversary hangs out? So... You've got that image. You um, because it appears again in Pergamum. Mm-hmm. You kind of are wondering, well, is this something specific, and is this one of those references that we've lost to history? Yeah, that so, they understood it. We don't. Right. Well, and something that I wondered is, is it like <laughs> we we see you know the Church of Satan in you know our world today where mm-hmm. we have the devil worshipers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that's what this is talking about. No, it's um, a little... I mean, is it the world? You can argue it's the world. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You, I mean, you that, can have it I mean, as that. There's and plenty of yeah. well, things and, out there. And I do remember when we were in Hol- uh, Holy Land. When Yeah, when we were in the Holy Land, we went to Caesarea Philippi. Philippi, yeah. And we didn't actually go to the city. It was across the street from where we went. We went to, they had this beautiful place, gardens and everything, at this temple of Pan. Mm. Like right across the street. And historically they say that the Jordan River was coming out of here and this thing was feeding the Jordan River and that was the... I probably have something wrong there, but they thought that that was the entrance into hell, like Hades, the underworld or whatever. Yeah. And so when Jesus says the words, who do they say that I am? He's in Caesarea Philippi pointing at the people mm-hmm. practicing all kind of terrible things. So, I mean, this pagan rituals and whatnot, the people of the world, that was a long way to say Mm-hmm. Yes, the world. <laughs> the world. Maybe it is the world. Uh-huh. 
So, really, I just wanted to talk about Israel because you okay. know, I'm ready to go back. Did you want to get the commercial in? Would you like to go ahead and give a full commercial in this podcast? I don't need to give a full commercial okay. in the podcast. I think you, that you was can. good enough. Yeah, that was good. I still want to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 We'll get there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So okay, we've so. got Pergamum where Satan's throne is and mm-hmm. they've got Balaam and Balak and some other great Old Testament stuff. But what I like a church at Pergamum is the last verse of the section. To everyone who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give a white stone. And on that white stone is written a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. Yeah, that one. What's Jesus going to call you in heaven? He's going to have his own name for you. Okay. His own unique name for you. That's pretty cool. I've not even thought about that. Yeah. I'd and that that's how intimate your relationship mm-hmm. with uh, with our Lord is going to be once we cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not just a number. We're not just a face on a pew. We mm-hmm. are known and loved personally by Jesus and well he created us yeah. he created us we, yeah well, see it's, it's stuff like that that's why I wanted him here mm-hmm. for so, this one <laughs> that's just a it, it's a neat um, image to think about yeah, it really is we we all achieved and acquired nicknames that we've hated in our lives mm-hmm. and Jesus is going to get well, you well some of us have apparently going, uh-huh. yes you're going to love your nickname <laughs> I bet it's going to be better than, was it Dink? Dink. <laughs> Blame it on my sister. She brings it up every yeah. time I forget about it. You've, you've got to go way back in our sermon archives to find the reference to that yes, one. Yes, you do, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I think I remember hearing that. Uh-huh. Um, All right, so a message to... Thyatira? Thyatira. Thyatira. But remember, I'm I'm from Alabama, so I have redneck (laughs) pronunciation of Koine Greek. Mm -hmm. So this is the one that, as I was reading through it, I had to really be careful not to do the the whole, hey, this sermon's for you, buddy, kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. where where you're hearing a sermon and you like... You think of somebody else that, oh, I hope they're listening to this. Exactly, because uh, it's from my perspective of the world, remember my disclaimer, (laughs) we could get into trouble in this episode. (laughs) Here we go. I, I can see a lot of the American church in this one. And yeah, that's probably that. Yeah. If that doesn't wrestle, rustle a few feathers, you know, I, I think this is one in particular that we as the, the church in America really like we need to pay attention to all of them. But this one in particular, because I, I feel like there has for a long time been a push that puts our deeds above our heart, if that makes any sense. Because, uh, I don't know, I guess I just, I grow weary of maybe feeling like the church is trying to earn its way into good favor with God, if that makes any sense. When, if we would just follow Jesus, that... (laughs) Well, and that makes me think of 
so I I did last year I did a, a Bible study mm-hmm. on these on this on the book of Revelation and I had never really gotten into Revelation mm-hmm. like that and I really enjoyed it it's not scary like people think yeah, it really and um, but really to me what it all boils down to is if it's not all about Jesus then we're not doing it right yeah exactly. if we're making it all about us and not Jesus mm-hmm. what are we doing yeah or if we make Jesus the, the message of Jesus strictly about uh, doing good works right then we've missed at least half of the gospel mm-hmm. And, and one thing that I really took from this study was we need to try to look at everything through the lens of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not ourselves. Right. And, and I think this is what these passages are really here to help us do is to kind of give us that lens of this is the way Jesus sees us mm-hmm. because he's sending these to these specific churches who over history become archetypes for mm-hmm. other, you know, certain mm-hmm. congregations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't always succeed at doing that, but oh, I try. Yeah. And, you know, when mm-hmm. you do try that, your perspective of things and how you view things, it can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Doug? I'm, I'm going to pass on this one because mm-hmm. I would just, um, I don't want the phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. You know, you... Because, like I said, this... The imagery is rich. It really is. Jesus Mm -hmm. is throwing Jezebel on the bed, Mm -hmm. and whoever commits adultery with her, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm throwing in great distress. And, you know, when I first read that again, I thought, you know, that's the whole world of, of... You know, back in the late 80s, I wouldn't tell anybody I was a minister. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we were right in the middle of um, Jimmy Swaggart, Oral mm-hmm. Roberts, yeah. um, Jim mm-hmm. Baker, and Jessica Hahn. Yeah. People say, what do you do for a living? I say, well, I work for J.C. and the boys. And they say, <laughs> oh, you work for J.C. Penny." I said, yeah, yes. that, 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 that's yeah. right. Because, um, you know, I get lost in TV land sometime, and I watch mm-hmm. some of these, these TV yahoos. Yeah. And first of all, I can't believe they're still on the air. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, I, I just, you know, my heart breaks for people that are caught up in this. Now, yeah. there's some sincere Christian, God-loving people. And I've told Kyle until he's bored, I grew up in a church that back in the 60s and 70s, we were on television. I mean, mm-hmm. we were a cutting-edge church, yeah. but we weren't sold out yeah. to... This whole committing fornication and adultery, cheating on Jesus, yeah, in order to, I don't know what Thyatira was hoping they would accomplish, but uh, Jesus promises he's the one that searches the minds and the hearts, mm-hmm. and I will give you as your works deserve. Well, and, and to me, there's there's a little bit of comfort in all of this, I mean, harsh words for sure, but there's comfort to me knowing we, that it's it's not up to me to try to right the ship because Jesus can right the ship. He and can. He's gonna. And every mm-hmm. one of these, he tells the church what to do about it. Yeah. You know, he gets he clear he direction. Hang them out and mm-hmm. say, you're mm-hmm. just doomed. He said, okay, here's some solutions. And 
um, you might try this for a little yeah. while. Maybe we could uh, look at Jesus's model here and you know say, okay, so if we see a problem, let's offer a solution <laughs> and do like Jesus does. I kind of <laughs> have that philosophy. Yeah. If I'm going to complain about something, mm-hmm. I'm going to offer to be a part of the solution. There you go. Yeah. I but he, that. But, but he tells us what to do. He tells mm-hmm. us to repent. He tells us to obey. He tells mm-hmm. us to walk with him. I mean, he does his part, and I think we have to step up and do our part, Yeah, which is mm-hmm. study the word, um, be in fellowship with our church. Mm-hmm. We need to be held accountable as well. Yeah, for sure. I don't. We could we could keep going about. We could take like an hour on each one of these. Oh sure. And so you know we're we're just kind of speeding through these. I guess you could say. Uh, Blasting because, through. Yeah. Um, so we'll. I guess we'll move on to. Do we want to try to tackle? Well, you got to tackle each of them individually, really. Was there anything that? Was in either any of the these other churches that stood out as, as something that, well, that's different, or I don't know what that is, or. Well, and I remember we ended the E100 podcast episode with basically a bunch of this, and you, me, mm-hmm. and Marie, Doug, sat and basically did, you know, this conversation, but. Obviously, it was different because we were coming at it at the end of a different set of readings. But these, when we put them in the context of listening to them as Jesus said them directly, because he did through the Apostle John, mm-hmm. right? The Apostle mm-hmm. John, mm-hmm. who John also wrote the Gospel of John, probably, uh, maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll let you Okay. Who do you you. say wrote the Gospel of John? There are three Johns in the New Testament. Three of them. Mm -hmm. And we don't know who wrote what and who's really who. Mm -hmm. The Greek of the Gospel of John, the Greek of the Revelation is pretty close. Mm -hmm. It's the Greek of 1 John that throws you off because Mm -hmm. it's so different from the other two. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we can do do that. Okay. I will. I will give you a, a point for that. <laughs> I love getting points from Doug. <laughs> well, in the church, I'm going to Philadelphia because yeah. Philadelphia is um, the one that um, look. Um, I got this door open. Mm-hmm. It's an open door. Nobody's able to shut it. Yeah, and that reminds us of God's um, in Christ, His power that. Uh, can overcome anything and anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's almost the reminder for all, for all these churches is remember the one who first loved you and called you yeah, and the one who now uh, reigns and watches over you and be faithful to your calling uh, to him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I, I know I'm talking a lot in, in this episode. It's okay. It's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm reminded of, uh, I guess it was a sermon I heard in 2013 at a conference I went to uh, where the guy giving the sermon just kind of talked about his journey from, you know, starting to work for a church and then, you know, f- discovered that he was basically working for Jesus instead of working with Jesus. 
and getting back to that place of you know mm-hmm. moving to working again with Jesus and being with Jesus instead of for mm-hmm. if that makes any sense and I'm reminded by that because I have to watch that because it's I've got a video of it and I watch it at least once a year to try to put myself back into perspective and these passages and these instructions to these churches, it's kind of like what Jesus is telling all of them is just get back to where you started. Mm-hmm. And this is um, Revelation could come along, it's between 60 and 80 years after Jesus' mm-hmm. crucifixion, uh, his death, burial, and resurrection and ascension. So some of the first generation, the people who actually knew Jesus, they've started dying off, mm-hmm. and this is the beginning of the second generation of okay. the church. So there are always some challenges when um, your knowledge or your faith or your walk with Christ moves from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and I remember there are certain passages uh, in Scripture where and you... you Either one of y'all can help me find where they are, but it's the the whole idea that my sins will impact future generations. And I think that's part of how that happens is we forget to teach or we we get, I guess, lazy or apathetic or... What's what's the word I'm looking for? We just get so comfortable in where we are that we forget the uh, the true love of Jesus, and you know. So it, we've always got to be called back to it. Mm-hmm. That's and, and it makes me wonder what are we doing today that we're okay with that maybe we shouldn't be because we were taught a certain way. Mm-hmm. Because nobody can do that for you, right? That's you have to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and is it? I guess if we just r- really are honest with ourselves and look to the Holy Spirit to teach us, to show mm-hmm. us, to reveal to us, you know those those areas. That's that's really what we need. Yeah, yeah. I kind of had a little conviction this week mm-hmm. in in my Bible study group. We were talking about Abraham and Isaac and him taking mm-hmm. Isaac up to sacrifice him. And, you know, Isaac didn't know who, what was going to be sacrificed. Yeah. But he, he willingly laid there with the wood on top of him. And I got to thinking about it. Well, he did that because Abraham was faithful and he had shown Isaac that his whole life. Mm-hmm. And it, I got convicted. I was like, what am I showing my kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, that kind of what you're saying of showing generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we've, we've got to live it out correctly mm-hmm. and, and honestly so that the future generations right. know how to live it out correctly and right. honestly. Yeah. It's getting harder and harder to do, though. The world makes it very hard. Yeah with all the things that are thrown at us and at our kids and mm-hmm. at our church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
why Jesus has to say, I'm standing at the door knocking. Mm-hmm. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into you and eat with you and you with me. Yeah. And there's a picture, mm-hmm. and it used to hang down in the youth department when I was in youth. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the picture of Jesus knocking on the door. There's no door handle. On his on side. That, on it. his side. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. I remember that. See? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I want to move to the church at Laodicea real quick. Okay, I just did it, or I did the tail mm-hmm. end of it, but go well, ahead. You did. I did. But... But you said it a, was a segue. I was throwing you a curveball. Sure, <laughs> you you said a word before we started recording when you mentioned the. Uh, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember. And, and so I'm looking at the Greek for it right now from my NASB Strong's tags. Mm-hmm. You know, Olive Tree Bible that I like to mention on here. <clears throat> what is that word, Doug? What word are you looking at? <laughs> Said, I, uh, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will. I, <clears throat> you, you get spewed it. out. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I will spit you out of my mouth. And so our English translation is kind of euphemistic about that. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the Greek word, I'm going to pronounce it terribly, so you can correct me. Go ahead. M-A-O? Mm-hmm. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It means to vomit, mm-hmm. to vomit forth or throw up. Mm-hmm. And so that's not as pretty. I mean, spitting no. is also kind of gross, but you know. But vomit creates a completely different yeah, picture. Yeah, that's the whole yes. different picture. It's, and it, it goes back to um, in the book of Leviticus when God is talking about the people who defile the land that the, the land will vomit them mm-hmm. out. And so it's, to me, it's that same imagery here. I just think of repulsive. And yeah. Just, I mean, so, yeah. and, and I go back to last week we had Josh Mandrell on the podcast, and I remember one of the sermons that he gave about being lukewarm, and he was talking about mm-hmm. this church and how he accidentally grabbed the wrong cup of coffee from his cup holder and it was yesterday's coffee, and he said, <laughs> see, me, I would just drink it because that doesn't bother me, but I... <laughs> <laughs> Not good. No, um, no. But, but yeah, that just reaction to, like, it is so... It's visceral. Yeah, visceral, mm-hmm. thank you. That's the right word, because, ugh, you know? Well, and it's the church that's you say they say I'm rich, I prospered, I need nothing. Mm-hmm. You do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. It's that's it's, a that's a group of people actually in denial, mm-hmm. which is a state that is so hard to deal with in yeah. um, spiritual matters because they think they've got it all together, and Jesus is saying. You make me sick. Mm-hmm. And, Man. and it's like, whoa. Yeah. When you, when you are so comfortable and complacent in your ability to, you know, provide for your own basic needs, you know, and you forget where it really comes from. You, but even from Laodicea, mm-hmm. there's the call, repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you can do better than this. And and when you go back through and reread them, and if you'll read them like a, a 
a parent coaching a child, encouraging a child, yeah. um, showing a child how to ride a bike or play a piano yeah. or, or or something that they don't get it right the first time. Jesus, although these are all important issues and some of them are, are definitely life issues, Jesus mm-hmm. is still there encouraging us, telling us, get back up on the bicycle yeah, and start pedaling again. Yeah, and even in all of these situations, there's there's hope there there's that option for redemption yep. in yeah. all of them he's rescuing us he's mm-hmm. providing a way to yeah. rescue us mm-hmm. and he's not leaving us and it he always rescues us yeah we just have to take the door yes mm-hmm. let him come in yeah. mm-hmm. it, it's interesting if you'll if you got the time this week as you're reading your readings, go ahead and read the whole book of the Revelation. Oh, it's fantastic. Read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then after you've done that, come back and reread the churches mm-hmm. and see if it doesn't change the way you you hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we get ready to teach Revelation, whenever that happens, <laughs> um, our first act is going to be to read the book of the Revelation in its entirety. Yeah. Out loud. Out loud. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only books I know of that says that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And it helps you hear the the narrative of the, the journey. So Jesus sets the narrative by saying, this is my church. Uh, it's the body of Christ. Um, I died for the church, mm-hmm. and some of them are doing a pretty good job, and some of them, well, we need to work on some mm-hmm. things. But yeah. it's still my church and my people. So, and we're a part of that long line. We're still His people and still His church. Yeah. I would when when we do that study, I mm-hmm. would like that, all that to be illustrated. Oh, she just gave me a job, didn't she? <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm going to have to call some of my artistic friends and say hey can I you mean, draw me this when, when, <laughs> at the beginning of Revelation when it describes Jesus mm-hmm. and then when it describes things in heaven with all the colors and yeah. the um, I'd really like to see that the Bible study has now <laughs> been pushed a year past our original start just okay. for the illustrations. That's Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to get to work on that pretty quickly. Sorry. Well, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's really a, a great idea and one that I will get the graphics people on, but um, I'm kind of smirking because someone took the description of the beloved in the Song of Solomon mm-hmm. and illustrated that. And it's absolutely hilarious. I bet it really is. It's like, whoa. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think that would be helpful because the book's filled with images. Mm-hmm. And, There's a ton of images. Yeah. And, and again, and I'll, when I start teaching it, I'll, I'll tell a story about an archaeologist coming back to North America um, a thousand years from now. But he doesn't know what any of our symbols mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've lost the connection. And yeah. He finds a, a group of symbols from the, the fall of the year when there seemed to be a great contest and, and, and the elephants were playing the donkeys and they were, <laughs> they were playing for some BCS championship and it's just a funny way of taking all these symbols that 
we know what they mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But They're very you, clear to us. Yeah, yeah. because we're mm-hmm. living in them right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, I keep seeing these things on places I shouldn't look, social media, about, <laughs> well, his hand was in a um, segregationist hand motion. I'm going, what's that? Yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. Um, so there are all kinds of, of symbols in the Revelation that um, some of them we know what they mean, we think. Um, some of them we've lost it, and some of them you just have to pray, God, show me what this means for my life mm-hmm. and living. Mm-hmm. But we're looking forward to doing Revelation now, the illustrated version. But yeah. there's some really pretty images. Yeah. To me, like, you know, if I'm quoting this correctly, like the gate is made of a of solid pearl, mm-hmm. you know? That's, that's pretty cool. Sounds well, pretty. The, the thing I'd really like to, and I'll do this because I'm the senior pastor, uh, preach a sermon <laughs> series and you use the images, the interludes are images of heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we keep going up to heaven and when you start um, looking at that and trying to imagine the glory of that, um, can you imagine what the heavenly choir is going to sound like? Probably pretty good. That's going to be pretty good. No auto-tune mm-hmm. pitch correction needed. No, no, they're going to be right there. And um, some of us going to be on the front row, I think, I mm-hmm. hope. Yeah. In Jesus' yeah. name. Um, mm-hmm. Listening and worshiping. So thank you for that. That's a good suggestion. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I think if I take any one thing away from this week's readings, it's that Jesus is calling us to a, a holistic relationship with him. Or we can steal the words of Methodism. He's calling us to a holy relationship mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's because, tough I mean, sometimes. He's, yeah, he's, he's wanting mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. and not just the pieces that we feel like giving him. Yeah. So how are you challenged out there listening? I'm curious to know how are you challenged out there by these words? What's something that maybe convicted you a little bit? Because you're not allowed to say, oh, well, so-and-so needs to hear this. You know, we've already addressed that. <laughs> uh, so what convicted you? Share that, uh, write a comment, send us an email. But, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Because when we share our own struggles and when we, we talk about these things amongst ourselves, I, I think that's when we get to see mm-hmm. the church really come alive and we get to see these scriptures really take shape for us. Because now we're not just hearing these in isolation, but we, we're hearing them and seeing these things mm-hmm. as a group of people who can help each other. And I think that's because we all need help. Exactly. We are all imperfect. Mm -hmm. And the other thing we all need to do is subscribe to the channel. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, definitely give us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Adrian, you listen primarily. I I, I mainly listen. Okay. And I know a lot of people that mainly watch because they like to see the funny faces we make. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but but <laughs> that being said, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, you know, subscribe, like, share with somebody if you feel like it's something that you want somebody else to hear. And 
I'll take the heat. Don't send emails to Doug. Don't get him in trouble. Send them to me. You know, I'll take responsibility for anything that Doug said today. <laughs> You're welcome. I heard it, Doug. I heard that. Send them to Kyle. Mm-hmm. But at that, I guess we will see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. 